Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Tzachet Shalom. We're now in Masach Psachim, Dafulam and Gimel Amudbet, continuing with our exploration of issues relating to uh, truma and proper disposal of truma, um, and specifically as it relates to chametz, gufa. So you're a Kohen, you've got some Truma, the Truma became Tamei. If it's bread, you could use it as fuel for a fire. If it's oil, you could use it for fuel as a fire. We have two different quotes here. One coming from Eretz Yisrael, the other one from Avuna and Babel. It's only true about bread itself. But not wheat. Why? Because if you have wheat lying around, uh, until the time that you use it, you may end up forgetting that it's Tamei and inappropriately eat it. Not an uncommon thing. And said, even wheat is okay. So why isn't Rabbi Yochanan afraid of Takala? The answer is, Ravashi in another context said, where you, you boil it deliberately and make it disgusting so you would never use it otherwise. So let's see. Where did Ravashi say this originally? Aha, the following. Rabbasho was the dough mixer in Rabbi's house. They had some truma tmeya there and they would use it, wheat of Trumatmea, and they would use it to uh, as fuel for a fire to heat up water, to then mix dough that was tahor, meaning that it had no impact on it. And why weren't they concerned that if you had wheat lying around that was tamea, it may be misused? So Rashi said that they would make it disgusting in some way, and therefore nobody would come to use it and eat it, and therefore it would only be used for fuel. And that was the original context. Now we hear a story about two famous brothers, Abai Baravin and Chananya Baravin. Tanu Trumot Bei Rabba. They were studying and teaching Masachat Trumot, or repeating Masachat Trumot, in Rabba's Beit Midrash. Paga Bo Rabba Bar Matna. So Matna encountered them, knew they were the Truma guys. Amalhu Mai Amritu B'Trumot Devei Mar. What was said in Rabba's Beit Midrash about Trumot? Amalei Amai Kashalach. They said, well, what's your question? Amrallahu, he said, If you have some plants of truma that became tamay and you replanted them, they cannot become, uh, they're tahor, so they're not the tamay other things. But you're not allowed to eat them as truma. Let's, we have to see what that means, you're not allowed to eat them. If you say that planting them erases their original identity and makes them tahor, so why you're not allowed to eat it? Amrulay, so these two students said, Rabba, they quoted Rabba saying, My Asurin, Asurin Lazarim. Asurin just means that an uncoin may not eat it, uh, because it still has a clear state of truma. My status of truma. My Kamashpan, so what's that teaching? Kidule truma kitruma, that you're saying when you plant truma, the outgrowth is also truma. Tanina, we have a mission that says, Kidule truma kitruma, that uh, when you plant truma, that's truma that comes out. So there's nothing new here. Maybe that this, um, this Shtile Truma Shinitmo piece is teaching that even if you have two steps away and you planted it, you're teaching it's not something like a bulb where it doesn't germinate. We have that as a, as a Mishnah. If you have Tevel and you plant it 
then the things that grows that grow out, if they germinate, then they're mutar. But if it's a bulb, then or something else doesn't germinate, then um, even two or three levels down the pipe are still asurim b'achiva. They don't lose their original identity. So ishtiku, they had no answer because either what they were saying was incorrect, or else it was teaching something that was already taught. Amrule midi So they asked Rabbi Matna, "Do you have something to say about it?" Amalehu said, "Yes." Hachem Rav Sheishet. Rav Sheishet had a better explanation than your teacher, Rabba. My asurin. Why does the brightness say asurin in the chol? Asurin the kohanim means kohanim are not allowed to eat it. Because when you planted this truma, it was out of place, it was out of mind, and you had no access to it. And that's called hesachadat, because you weren't thinking about it, you weren't paying attention to it. So therefore, it's uh, considered truma tmea, um, even though it doesn't have the power to be metame others. We'll see in a minute, there's machlok of Mishlakish about what the nature of the invalidity of hesachadat is. If you say hesachadat is an automatic soul that the Rabbanon put on it, and said, when you put, divert your attention away from something of taharot, it's automatically tamei, then shape, that's fine. But according to Rabbi Yochanan, who says, hesachadat is a psul of tumah, meaning we're concerned that it became tamei when you weren't looking, which means if somebody else was looking, or we had a videotape or something else, we know it wasn't tamei, it would be fine. My ikala member, then how would he explain why shtile truma are, are still asur in the kohanim? Deitmar, let's see the machloket. He says it's a psul tumah. Meaning it says it didn't become tameh when you looked away. Then it's okay. He says no, it's psul haguf, and therefore we won't pay attention to it because we're not concerned with the reality of what happened. The, there's an essential psul that happens when you look away. So what Rechelen challenged him and said, There was a small little shoot between the ramp of the going up the Mizbeach and the Mizbeach on the west side of the ramp, meaning towards the Mikdash. If and became Pasul, they would throw it in there. And would wait till it would get all in, unrecognizable. And and uh, and no longer uh, be called uh, an oaf. Then you take it out and burn it. If you agree that hesachadat is a psul because you don't don't really know what happened, then I understand why you have to wait until this thing becomes unrecognizable. Because maybe Eliyahu will come and say that bird really was kasher, and the psul was uh, was uh, was wrong. It was it was a safek, and I'm settling it. But if you say it's an inherent psul, why do you have to have, wait till it gets all melty? After all, the hatnan we have a mishnah that says Any time when there's an inherent psul in a korban, you burn it right away. The dam balin, if it's external because you did shechita or malika, and then the dam process wasn't done properly, or the balin turns out to be a wrong balin, then to suratan, then you have to wait till it gets all unrecognizable, you can't burn it right away. But if it's a psul haguf, you should burn it right away, so why do we have to wait till this chatat gets all um, unrecognizable? That tana is that particular tana. Who disagreed with the earlier statement and said, even something like pigul, which is certainly psul haguf, because before you did the whatever avodah step it was, you already invalidated it by having a wrong thought, 
um, needs to be uh, needs to be first made unrecognizable before you can destroy it. So that's why. Watch this challenge. If the meat of the korban became tameh or pasul, went outside of the azara, Rebel Yezer, Omer Yisrael, you still do zrikat adam. Shomer Elo Yisrael, Shua says you don't. Shua agrees with Rebel Yezer that if you did zrikat, it hurts out, that the korban is accepted. And you yotze. My nifsal, so what does nifsal mean in that passage? Doesn't that mean that you weren't paying attention to it after it was already so, if you agree that um, that hesachadat is simply a psul of tuma, meaning it might have become tamei, then I understand why the tzitz is meratzeh, because the tzitz is meratzeh for tuma. But if you say it makes an inherent psul in it, why was it meratzeh? After all, tzitz is not meratzeh on something that's psul aguf. It's not meratzeh for a people, for instance. So, my nifsal, nifsal but fully on. The answer was, was nifsal because it's fully on touched it. And that's the same thing as Tameh. So why say Tameh Nifma or Nifsal? The answer is Tregami Tameh. There's two levels of Tuma. There's more intense Tuma and there's a Tfuliyom. We're calling it Pasul. Okay, so that was the, the way that it was dealt with um, in Eretz in, in Bavel. Kisalik Ravin. Ravin, who made Aliyah and then became one of the Nechutes. So Ravin came up to Eretz Yisrael. Amal Shmati Kamad He repeated this Babylonian take on the Sugya in front of Rabbi Yirmiyah. Rabbi was famous for his caustic comments about Babel. They are Babloit Yishari, the foolish Babylonians. From the Yadvavah to Hashukha, they live in a dark land. You're saying dark things, or incomprehensible things. Don't you know what we here in Peria know? The waters that are going to be used for Nisuchamayim and Sukkot became Tamei. If you mix them with other waters and never makdish them, taurine, it's fine. But if you first makdish them and then mix them in together, tmeim. Now, after all, what you're doing by mixing is like planting. You're making the water sort of disappear. Why should I care what order it happened in? After all, once I threw it in there, it should disappear. And even if I was makdish at first, it should be okay. So all my aims we have a hectic. So what do you see for there from there? That there is no such thing as planting something as hectic and making it disappear. And therefore, if you put it in before it was hectic, the Yezri have a mind. And therefore, you makdish whatever you got, it's tahor. But if you first makdish it, it doesn't lose its identity. So therefore, it's the same rule, aims real truma. Therefore, if you plant truma, it does not change its status. It's still truma tmeya. Okay, Yativ Rav Dimi Hashmata. So now Rav Dimi came back from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel and repeated this whole thing, and in Pumadit, of course. Amalei Abaye Abaye said to him, Are we talking about being makdish things in a kli, which is the ultimate hektish? But perhaps if you makdish something bepeh, meaning you just designated orally, Rabbanim didn't give it that extra stage, an extra step. Uh, that, that has hadad, perhaps even if you're not to ship a pet. So, answered back, I don't have an answer to that, but I heard something similar. This is similar to something we heard before, and we'll hear the exact thing we heard before in a few minutes. If you have grapes that became tamay, if you stomp them and then remakdish them, they're fine. But if you were makdished them first and then stomped them, tmein. Now, with grapes, there is no clue that you're makdished them. 
You just designate them and say they're hektesh. So you're making them for nisuchayin. And you still see that the Rabbana made a ma'ala. What was the ma'ala? That, ain, uh, that basically aims riyah, that you can't change its identity once it was already tamay. So Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef said, that's not a good answer. And Rabbi repeated this now to, uh, to uh, Rabbi Yosef. And we're talking about grapes of truma. What Rabbi Yochan was talking about there was anavim of truma. And you know, Truma doesn't have a Kedusha Kli. The highest Kedusha it could have is Kedusha Pets. The only one has to say that's Truma. So therefore, that's like, in the Mikdash, that's like Kedusha Kli. Well, honey, to buy Kli, but with grapes, um, let's say in the Mikdash that you're being, that you're using, uh, they didn't necessarily make that Ma'ala when you're only Maktif Pet because it does have another level. So what Rabbi Yosef says is we only know that when it's reached its ultimate level of Hektesh, at that point, the Ma'ala kicks in. Now, drachan afilutuva. Would Rabbi Yochanan say you can stomp grapes, even a lot of grapes that are tamei, and then if you makdish them afterwards, then it's okay. Rabbi Yochanan Achi didn't say it. Rabbi Yochanan Magim Shinit. Oh, if you have grapes that were nikmat, as we saw earlier, drachan, drachan pachot pachot mikazayit. You stomp them at a less than a kazayit amount, so that they're not makabel tuma. Because Rabbi Yochanan remember holds that the the uh, yain is mifkat pakid. It's like sitting in a sack inside. It doesn't become tamei until it comes out. And then you make sure there's too small of an amount. In each bit that you're stomping for tuma, so maybe Rabbi Yochanan here also meant that it's less than a kibetzah. Or maybe the case that Rabbi Yochanan was talking about there was that when they touched a rishon, the havelainusheni, the grapes were sheni, and therefore even in chulin it's tamei. Here they touched sheni, the havelushlishi, and there's no shlishi bechulin, and therefore if you makdish them afterwards, you're okay. said we have the same idea. Which is based on the issue of mechatat. You have to put the maim chayim into the kli along with the ashes. Which means they have to be still like in their original place in the kli. But natan means you're taking them away from the original place. But they're supposed to be in the original kli. Rather, there is a ma'ala that they said um, uh, that the Rabbanan applied here to mechatat. <clears throat> which is uh, but they kind of were made out of smachta, like Rashi points out. But really, Tlushin is okay. So, same thing here. So, he proves also that there's a ma'ala de Rabbanan in many of these cases. A person is tamay. So, they go to the mikvah, they come out, they can right away eat Masashani as a full yom. The minute it gets dark, if he's a Kohen, he can eat Truma. Truma in You can't eat Kachim, why not? Kodshim's the next day. Amai Tarhu, Elamala. The answer is they made a special mala for Kodshim. Achanami mala, Rasha, Fanam, he proved it also because Bahabasar, they're talking about the Tuma in Mikdash, that even can become Tamei. But it seemed regular pieces of wood, unless they're made into a Kli, can't become Tamei, and Levona certainly can. It's ground up stuff. When it comes to Tuma, and, uh, and therefore the same thing here. Okay, we'll pause at this point, we're going to pick it up at the next Mishnah, where we'll explore the, uh, qual- the qualities and the status of different grains uh, that are fit for Matzah. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.